and welcome to episode 315 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Jack Harper and Alex Jones. Now, usually this week we'd be chucking the sport to one side and talking all things Christmas, but we have the small matter of a World Cup and the return of the Premier League to get into. Last year, actually, we were briefly sidetracked by a certain Sky Italia interview. Um, yeah, but we found the time to get festive afterwards. Oh. Jack may remember. Yep. It was the final of all finals yesterday afternoon, and it's only right that we get into that as soon as possible. But first things first, it's the news of the week. Giant aquarium housing 1,500 fish bursts in Berlin, injuring two people. I feel like that has to be part of an action scene. Like, it can't just burst on its own. Well, I must warn you, we did very much uh, waste the good news last week, or the bad news as it was for the moment. I think there was about six deaths last <laughs> week. So maybe it was the bad news, but... Yeah, not a lot on this week, but I can tell you the scientists have been at it again. Snakes have clitorises and scientists, scientists have, have finally found them. Find them. <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> We're still unclear of what Alex does for a day job, so... Uh... <laughs> Professional ham sniffers in Spain are strained to the limit of human possibility. They say they have to sniff 800 hams per day this Christmas season. So what's the importance of this ham sniffing? What? what? Maybe it's like, uh, you know, some some supermarkets, I think it was up north they did this, and uh, some places overseas, they stop putting the date on milk and you just go up and you do a sniff test before you buy it. So maybe um, it's the same way. (laughs) <laughs> well there, there's the thing one of the cider adverts one of the beer adverts where they tell you there's one bloke that basically goes around tasting every single one before it gets to you to confirm the same quality <laughs> so maybe this is just the less glamorous version of that he's just hammered every day <laughs> and this guy is uh hammered um that was the news of the week so oh, nice yeah um so we will bring the back to the front and I'll just ask you a couple of questions largely Jack and Alex any particular plans you've got for Christmas this year that bears telling us about because Alex things were quite interesting for you last year so I'm just unsure if you're gonna have to wake up in the middle of the night or uh, if any shenanigans are going to be going on (laughs) Luckily, the rotate the rotor has me down home this year for Christmas, so there won't be any uh, <laughs> grown men dressed as Santa coming into my room. At the You'll be midnight. returning the favour. <laughs> I did have a very very pleasant experience uh, yesterday going to um, flight club in Cheltenham with the family for our family Christmas activity. Had our dad, had my dad given the big I am saying he had a dartboard on the back of his door in his teens and he'd scored over a hundred and hundred and one hundred and eighties, talking the big I am, got beaten by my uh, brother's missus, who literally throws like a girl, has no dart experience, and is as lucky as it comes. It was So did she beat everyone his, or just him? Just just him on okay. a few decisive goes. So 
it was uh, it was almost as magical as the final. Well, you last I spoke to you, you said you were moving this because it was going to overlap with the World Cup final. Seems you don't carry the clout you thought you did. No, we did. We did move it. We did. It was in. We went in the morning instead Touch of the go. afternoon. We were all good. We were we were home and free in plenty of time for the build up. Uh, Jack, no, anything I'm a very you need to tell us about? Very uh, family centric. This will be the first Christmas that's been normal for well, since COVID because the first time we had to do it in the on the patio. Second time, my mum was shielding, so same thing. And then last year, my sister got COVID on Christmas Eve, so it's going to be the first time we've spent it all as a family for three years, which is great. If you do do anything at yours, then you are obliged to caption it such and such at our home, um, right, okay. as that seems to be the going thing on Instagram. Thanks so, for keeping uh, up with current events. Make sure you ensure that. Well, I see. I don't see anyone say they've ever just moved into oh, their new yeah, house. It's always uh, first our new home. You just have to uh, clock for anyone. Yeah, I think like an snooping up in and around your property. Definitely mentioned it to me multiple times. It's been <laughs> met with a resounding no every time. Yeah. Fair play to Jack. I feel Point. Like Alex Jack has Point done that before. Point. I'm sure we've seen a picture of Alex in matching pajamas. If not, he's definitely got that in the locker. Definitely got that in there. Um, uh, uh, he uh, might have <laughs> different pairs for each day of the week. Sometimes you don't even have to answer. It, I I will confess to having to wear matching pajamas with the misses, but I I have uh, I have it. It oh, was you, a two way transaction. What, what you get so, back? Uh, That's Jesus, you we don't need to know anymore. I'm sure he said this last year and then wouldn't tell it's us. Spitballing after yeah, dark, spit something. <laughs> Jesus. It says a lot. He could have confessed to that snake thing at the top of this, and I would have been <laughs> less disgusted than I am currently. I do think Jack seems to get hey. more out of pocket with each uh, news of the week that goes by. We're going to have to start doing them before he joins yeah, again. <laughs> um, let's move on then. So the World Cup final. Argentina are World Cup winners for the third time. Lionel Messi inspired them's Copper America glory and then now a penalty shootout win at the end of an incredible final and they beat France in Qatar on Sunday. Mbappe becomes only the second player to score a World Cup final hat-trick, overtakes Messi's two goals in the match, but ultimately gets nothing for it other than a runners-up medal. Um, misses by Kingsley Coman to cheer many mean that Argentina celebrate victory and Unless Alex is going to tell us different, he wasn't here last week. I think most people were cheering on Messi, so they were probably happy with the uh, end result. Uh, yeah, no, I was uh, I was happy with the end result. It felt like the right thing to happen. Well, if we go through the game kind of as it happened, and then obviously we'll speak a bit more in depth about Messi, uh, Mbappe, and some other things, and then we'll round up the World Cup in general. So France, it was a slow start for them. Mbappe barely touches it until far later in the game. But Di Maria, um, I know some people are quite critical of him. but Some people even tweet about it. Yeah. During the game. 
he comes out, looks rough early on. Um, I will stand by that. Maybe was a bit rash tweeting that the high point of his career was a first leg win against United. But 21 minutes in, he goes down under a clumsy tackle from Dembele. Is does anyone have any issue with the penalty? No. Good place to start. No, it's it's absolutely not. I mean, it, the first soft, time but, round that you see it, you think, yeah, soft, and then you see the replay, and that's a foul. It doesn't matter. That's a foul. He trips. He makes contact with his foot, and then it makes him kick himself, and he goes down in the box. I think it's just ridiculous from Dembele to try and even attempt to get the ball from behind. No, he, <laughs> yeah. uh, Luckily, he made up for the rest of his performance. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's, he shouldn't have made contact, but I still think it was soft. Like, he had no business making the challenge. Why he did that, I'm not sh- sure. But it, I, it was soft. Like, I can't see how you can't say that was soft. I thought comms didn't really focus on that. Jack just talked about the tangle of feet there, which I thought was probably the key bit. They seem to be focusing on him sort of dragging him more, which if it was just for that, I would agree it was soft. But yeah, once the feet were involved, you you were done for, weren't you? I mean, the ref probably gave it for the first instance and then Vars looked at it and thought, actually, no, there is a tangle length as well. Yeah, and it's one of those where... Yeah, they're not going to overrule it, are they? But he's got the right result at the end of it. I don't want to sound like sour grapes, but they may have been owed a few. <laughs> Absolutely. Christ. I, the nerves I had ahead of this final told me that it was probably best we weren't in the final. <laughs> because, I mean, even if you take out the game that ultimately transpired, I don't think I'd have coped with a dull 1-0 loss or even just say the game goes the way it looked like it was going no. after 17 minutes. I, I, I had exactly the same thoughts. That. I was sat there watching it thinking, I'm just glad that I can enjoy this and that I have to be a part. We did have a message <laughs> saying was, at least Jack will be all right for the pod well. tomorrow. It's the first pod in three weeks where I haven't either been hungover or like... Or, 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 yeah. Jack picked up a bottle of whiskey just for yeah, the uh, another tradition. I've got to do it. And then we all know Messi's penalty record isn't the greatest. So much of this felt like, as we've been told, it was defining for his legacy, a, a guy that's achieved all that he has. And this game apparently was going to decide whether he <laughs> whether he was the best or whether he was just a standard uh, top five player. And so each time you got one of these moments where it was inescapable that it was him deciding this factor. It did feel like something something big was going to happen and he made it look relatively easy in the way that he tucked it home. Considering the ones he's put home in this tournament, I still don't feel confident watching him take them. No. Maybe that has changed now because of, because of this, but you're still like, oh, I'm not so sure. Let's face it, even... At this point, France haven't started well. If he misses, probably changes the momentum of the game even that early. Yeah, I, I'm starting to think Aubameyang's <laughs> is the only penalty Larice has ever saved. <laughs> and I think that seems to be the energy in France at the moment, but we'll get to the shootout a bit later. Then Di Maria is in and amongst it once again shortly after Messi plays it 
uh, to Alexis McAllister in the middle. He's free on the right-hand side. The France defenders both bunch across and he plays an inch-perfect pass. For Di Maria to prod home in one that you'd hold against a player for missing, but it's not as simple as kind of strolling it into an empty net. There is a lot that can go wrong. With that the, finish the across he, the keeper, the way he deliberately bounced smothered. into the ground to bounce over the keeper is just insane. But that's it is it is the Urzel, the but the world. Yeah, <laughs> I did see Urzel congratulate him and credit himself with the <laughs> Urzel bounce in a nice World work. Cup final to have the confidence in your in yourself to have to bounce off the floor in over the keeper. It's just brilliant. I always think uh, with I a, think with I, a I counter-attack goal could... as well, I always feel like there must be such pressure on mm. you with the finish. You'd be like, we had such a great move here and I could mean this is ultimately forgotten because I'm going to cock it up. Whereas that's like an immortal moment now. I yeah, feel they, like they every time you get a bounce off the floor reference that goes to Ozil, it's disrespectful for Diego Forlan in the World Cup as well. I think Ozil's trademark that move. Uh, no, I think that belongs to Diego Forlan comfortably. I don't think you're going to want to roll up, run a poll on that one. No. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't. Forlan you could have slept on. I wouldn't even have put his name in that. I, maybe I can't even think of the goal. Do, do you? I'll, I'll I'm thinking you what, it's still just, against just Liverpool Google, Christmas time. I'll tell you what. Just just plug into YouTube after the pod. Forlan World Cup Africa highlight reel, and it's the last goal he scores of the tournament. And if we're going through his highlight reel of that tournament, we're probably not thinking of one like that. We're thinking of a banger from God knows where. No, no, no. You'll you'll see. Just watch it. Just watch it. It's his last one he scores All against right, Germany, I, I believe. It was an accident. Still not sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was not an accident. <laughs> one of the things that we commented on when we lost to France was that for all of the time we felt in control, we never felt like we were winning the midfield battle. And I picked France to win this game quite confidently, to be honest with you. Mm. And it was largely because I just didn't see... Argentina winning that midfield battle and I thought they were going to be pressed back and I thought it was going to look a lot like the Morocco game in which the pressure tells and they get an early goal and I thought it was going to be Mbappe's final. Argentina with the technical players that they had in the middle with McAllister obviously doing the thing there, Enzo Fernandez as well who we'll speak about a bit later, they right from the get-go got a command in there. And then even still, to pull off a counter-attacking goal like that, it, it wasn't all one-way traffic. They obviously absorbed a bit of pressure, but the way they cut them apart, messy at the heart of it, unbelievable. And it felt like it could have been any scoreline at that stage. Yeah, I couldn't really believe how one-sided that aspect of it was as well. It was a better sort of, I guess, tactical performance than we've probably seen from Argentina. I think probably for the whole competition and that they were the first team to really stop Griezmann dropping into those spaces and picking it up which yeah. I think you'd have definitely questioned with that midfield whether they were going to be able to do that um, and the, yeah as a fact that they were able to the midfield and the attackers were able to press from the start and just had a greater level of energy than the French as well now I know there was obviously the virus issue with France which probably did have more of an impact than we probably thought but at the same time, it can't be that bad because they do end up coming back in the end. So they can't, it can't be, you know, can't it completely no. wipe them out. I, I didn't hear about that virus issue until the match was already being played when the refs, when the uh, commentators were just alluding to it. So what was the story there? Because I completely missed it. 
If you can imagine, imagine like, say, in a massive game, a team at a dodgy lasagna beforehand. Just hypothetically, <laughs> just imagine it's a lot like that. <laughs> well, they were saying it was flu beforehand, weren't yeah, they? And then yeah. I saw afterwards it was being cool, which I didn't even know was a, a thing, to be honest with you. Um, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, which then I was reading about that. And people are saying it is mental that some of these players were even able to take the field. Blimey. I mean, that sounds to me... So it, they were having breathing issues then? Well, I think about four or five of them couldn't train on the Friday. One of them said that they were in hospital earlier in the week. Yeah. And then Canate kind of downplayed it and said, was it Canate? So they gave him more honey and lemon? I don't know, did he? But they joked about it on commentary. Oh, yes. um, one of the fr- whoever did the the press conference on Friday said it's okay. I gave them all honey and lemon, and then they kind of just brushed it off like that. Hmm. Yeah, we've not seen any kind of diagnosis. Just Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome is kind of a coronavirus type <coughs> illness. Uh, it was, pro- but that's I'm literally going on a Google search. It was there. probably corona- I'm no doctor. Don't want it, to. It, uh, it probably was. You had a sword for us. They didn't want to say <laughs> it, so they couldn't be like, unavailable to play. Imagine that <laughs> the decimated by COVID. You got to play the roses. Well, the French media tried blaming us, didn't they? They said we was likely caught by the English. And then any team that's had a bad performance, they blamed on the aircon as well. Yeah. I hope it was our fault. Fuck them. <laughs> who was it? We had a couple of players, didn't we, that were saying they had flu, but then we didn't really hear anything more of it. I just assumed in the build-up it was all mind games. Like we heard that Messi had a calf injury and Mbappe was out. Mm. Yeah. And then, as you say, the fact they get back into it kind of takes the excuse away. Yeah, a little bit. But it, it did look, they did look like a team. I couldn't believe how sort of slow in the fire jet they looked. Yeah, Even if they were poor, you would have thought they'd have a bit more legs in there. Well, there was clearly something going on because France had nothing going forward and Deschamps makes the call to take off Giroud and Dembele. Giroud's performance probably is getting away with it because Dembele was that bad. <laughs> I I don't think it was as bad as he thought it would be on the L'Equipe ratings. The Giroud one I thought was more interesting and it pays off, I guess, in that they take it to extra time with the... If it is that you're leggy, Giroud is actually the um, counteraction to that yeah, in that yeah. you can just lump it to him and it can stick. And the Netherlands have shown that you can kind of spook Argentina a little bit with that, you, sort you of, say that, that style of play. The issues was they they weren't able to, to press. And that was the, that's the problem when you play Giroud. We had it when he played for us, where if we're up against it, against a team that has all of the ball, it's almost like having just a hole in the middle of the nine position because he can't keep up with the centre defenders mm. and he can't press. Well, and I think he legitimately I, did have a knee injury going in, didn't he? So it's kind of, I guess, if you're going to hook someone, hook the guy with an injury. I've said on here before as well, and uh, Jack can attest, maybe he didn't see as many of these. When Giroud's bad, there, there are a few things like it. The... Montpellier first leg, uh, Monaco, I say Montpellier, <laughs> the Monaco first leg in the Champions League. Anytime I see Giroud getting too much praise, I'll go back and watch those highlights <laughs> just to take me down a peg, just to remind me who this guy is. 
And yeah, he's fortunate Dembele was there. I don't know if any of you have seen the, the Instagram story from Dembele's brother that he shared mid-game. It was killing me. No. It's it's him like tears streaming down his face when Dembele goes off there. Oh, no one needs to watch this anymore. Oh god. It's 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 incredible. I might I might have it here that I can. Why has he actually. done that? What? No, I do, yeah, I did. I've said. <laughs> oh, I, I've just sent it. <laughs> oh god! Well, imagine Harry Maguire's brother did that <laughs> when we go one 0 down to France. <laughs> secondary slab it um but he brings on Kola Mouani who came on in the semi-final and Marcus Turam both of them perform I guess about as well as the Champs could have possibly hoped mm. two players from the Bundesliga as well so good up good up there for them to be honest um Argentina then continues to dominate, but they bring off on 70, no, it's about 60 minutes, I think. They take off Di Maria Mm. and it largely goes downhill from there, but they've had issues closing out games the whole tournament. Yeah, exactly. The Australia game, they nearly came back. Obviously, we know of the Netherlands game. And this time, they referenced on commentary Argentina just didn't need to take their foot off the gas and they could have probably got the third, blown them away. But I guess at the same time, if a counter-attacking goal goes against them, then he's going to be butchered and say, why did you not shore things up? And it's also, as with some of their previous ones, this was the most extreme case of it. It's an individual error that's done this. This isn't like a, a a thing of shape or whatever. It's you've got enough players in there in that defence that are rash and are going to do something stupid. And in this case, it was Otamendi. Yeah. Kodamwani goes through 10 minutes remaining and Otamendi pulls the back of his shirt. Now, the question here is, should he have been sent off? Mm. Yeah, he didn't get a card at all, did he? Well, no. Tell me about it because the only thing I needed (laughs) in my bet for £60 was an Otamendi booking and I could not believe it because the commentator, I think, said shortly after on BBC... They they made a reference to the fact that they thought he'd been booked, or maybe they were talking about he should have been booked, and I misheard. I think but. I think it was I think it was one of the French boys got um, carded later on, and um, for the there was some reference to it. I know what you're talking yeah. about because I remember it, and not clocking it, not clocking that card either. So but. they say the law covering double jeopardy, which prevents a red card for denying a goal scoring opportunity when a penalty has been conceded, only applies to genuine attempts to win the ball. Pulling back an opponent or an unintentional trip would still result in a player being sent off. Not that I've got sour grapes, but if you can remember one, David Luiz against Wolves, it was the first game they had that striker they brought in from La Liga, and I can't. That was a horrible decision across the board, though, wasn't it? So, but I remember the rule at the time was that even though he hadn't intentionally tripped him, essentially his knee catches the stud as it goes back, and it's a trip. And so because he wasn't trying to win the ball with his knee, it was why they said by the letter of the law, they had to send him off. And in this case, I mean, 
he pulls his shoulder and then I think he gets a grip of him even more and pulls him back the second time, which, which is when he goes down. Just mental. I don't know if it's... You know, sometimes when the players get older and Otamendi was never... like He's he never Rio Ferdinand or never Saliba with these kind of pace that you have. Do you think sometimes it's just overcompensating because you don't have what you had before or when so much of your game is based on positioning, when you don't have that, you're just scrambling. It's very hard to understand what he's doing there because there's no subtlety about it whatsoever. It's just it's just rash. It's wanting to do too much. It's, you're an aggressive player who's trying to put a foot in or, or do whatever. And in, in this case, he steps up and got it wrong. And then he's obviously chasing back. And I think it's just panic at that point. But I think the, the initial incorrect positioning and then having to chase probably what cost him. Because all tournament they've been doing the, you know, Otamendi, he's got he's got one in him, and then he hasn't. Like mm. <laughs> for the tournament, mm. he's been he's been very good. Um, anything, everything they said about him, they should have been directing to his partner. They've all kind of shown an instance of it, haven't they? Obviously, Romero's definitely got it in the locker. I think Fernandez has done it. Paredes has done it. Um, Acuna, Depaul. Yeah, they've all just got a sort of what the hell do you think you're doing with that challenge? And as much as I understand, there's that tough South American thing there's also a time when one of the things of being a really good shit house is getting away with it and yeah. they actually are getting away with it precious little did you see the clip of DePaul in the dressing room after yeah it's being filmed I can't think who it is that's filming him because they look it might be Otamendi filming him <laughs> because he looks shocked by what he's saying he just bursts out doesn't he any of you who doubted you suck my cock <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, I say what, they've been you're great, alive. They've been greatest winners, haven't they? <laughs> I don't think we is, were expecting anything no, else. No, no. Even when, even when they were getting it right, like the likes of Romero, he always leaves. Like even when he gets the tackle right, he always leaves one in. So mm. it's always going to be a heavy challenge, and he got away with that a lot in that he final match. Constantly gets away with it, particularly during the latter stages. Mbappe then tucks the penalty away and if you've got to think Messi's looking at Lloris and he's seen his record the opposite for Mbappe when you're looking at Martinez who's already won a penalty shootout he's about as much of a bastard as you can be in those situations <laughs> it's not the pressure's obviously on it's a route back into the game and it looked like it was never in doubt the way he puts it away. No, especially because he's had he's not had a sniffle game. It's impressive. And then ninety-seven seconds later, they win the ball back on the halfway line. They feed it into him. And Messi was the one who lost it as well. It just was mm. like written like this is where it all goes downhill. It's brave to take the shot like that because he could easily take a touch. He can be safe and he could, he still has time to finish it there. Hitting it first time like that, very well taken. It, it doesn't look the cleanest, I don't think, but job done. I think the replay... And then they're on top. The replay, you think you look and think, could the reach do better as well? <laughs> but I think that's being harsh on the replay. Martinez. Martinez, think, not the Sorry, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Bloody hell. I was going to say... Lurice definitely Lurice. could have done better. <laughs> where, where was he for that whole thing? Yeah, but... It's the, the speed of it in real time and, and is that's probably the reason why he's done much it, harder. Because, like, as a keeper, when you're always going to mm. try and favour yourself one on one there, 
um, closing down the angle. But if he hits it first time, there's just no, exactly there's just no Can't chance. Can't set yourself for that. So it just increases as long as you keep it on target. Probably just increases that chance of it going in. It's just brilliant finish. The way he struck across the ball as well, it is moving away from him the entire time, like it's curving away as well. I don't know how he would have judged the flight of it before it was too late, obviously. And yet you said about with the penalty, literally as the ball's in midair arriving at him, I don't think any of us doubt that he's putting this in as he's shaping up to hit it. Because he's so quick after that goal as well, I think you think, right, he's got him here. He's got him rattled. It, It was weird as well because I so wanted... Messi to win it in the sense I was happy at 2 0. Like, we'll just see this out. Second that one goes in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want the it's, drama. It's, it's, well, it's it's the weirdest feeling because it's like excitement, but dread and everything rolled up into one. I didn't really know how I was feeling. It, there's something I think it's just it, it was just Mbappe have it like being a shithouse and ruining the party and just getting that enjoyment out of that because I, I know exactly what you mean because by that point I was already like, all right, it's done, it's sealed. We're going to see Messi lift the World Cup. And then to see him do that and just be like properly up for it, it's like, right, chaos. Let's go chaos. Let's just go chaos here. They then struggle to put more than about two, three passes together at a time. And then I think one of the last kicks of the game, you see Messi get that yard of space. Unfortunately for him, on the replay, it's, it's straight down the middle. It's, it's straight at Lloris. But it, I don't, everything I don't seemed it to slow down, down for down a second. It's, it's not straight down the middle. It was it's about as down the middle shot. as it can be. It's high no, in the net. But he had to move to top, the top right. right. It was down it. The top right? No, no, I didn't say top right is in top right of the net. It's to the top right of Luis's <laughs> positioning. He had to dive for it. What do you mean the top right? The top right he of his positioning would be the top it. right. He had he to dive upwards. for it. How could it be straight at him if he's diving <laughs> for it? I, he, he, he might jump. No, he didn't jump up, did he? He dived for it. He had to dive to the right of himself to save it. How can you not see I mean, that? I mean, he, he might have had to take a step. Camera and if it, I hate camera keepers. Yeah, hate he, he he might take a step. Look, it's a big moment. He has to make the save still. But I mean, take the words top and right out of your vocabulary in that instance. Absolutely not. You are being an absolute shithouse here. Well, Jack, the, Jack yeah, as well. The shot was what people on GB News claim to be, just right of the centre. That's what it is. Nice. Um, and then Argentina seemed to... I've had a chat in the meantime. I think one of the commentators is referred to Messi. He might be out on his feet at this point. And then it just kicks off again. (laughs) (laughs) They have a break. Everything kind of points to it being offside in the reaction you get from the linesmen. The commentators don't seem to be going as nuts as you would think they would be. Di Maria is like Jordan Peterson and he's crying for the 15th time. (laughs) And... Messi is bundled at home. If if the possibility of the way he was going to end it in normal time was going to be a lovely strike, this is anything but. But it was fitting that it was him that had it there. Lataro Martinez, he was having to now overcome France and him. <laughs> but they poked their nose in front again. And 
naively I thought, well, this is definitely over now. <laughs> They're not going to be able to come back again. Yeah, you thought that was the sort of storybook ending, didn't you? You thought, right, now it's actually gone to the script. Yeah, I was ready. I was going to cash out and it happened before the... They wouldn't let me bet France or 1-0 down, but I tried to cash out at 2-0 and that horrible moment when everything gets suspended just you're about to place the bet and you think, what has this happened? And you look up and you just know what's about to happen. That bloody idiot moving with his arm towards the ball. And then Alex, maybe you're the one to ask here because I was told taking two penalties in the same game (laughs) this is just something that we should not be expecting of a top player (laughs) I did not uh, you can't quote me on that because that's not come from me it's come from your collective uh, (laughs) Mbappe no looking elsewhere steps up and again he's now got his hat trick in a World Cup final Ridiculous. How is not one man in the match? I know that they have to give it to the winning side, supposedly. Well, they they did this for two, three straight years in the NBA where LeBron essentially would take his team to the finals and he'd be playing a super team and he'd be putting up a Herculean effort, but ultimately wouldn't be able to get it done. And... They would always be, well, what, can we not give this to the losing team? Because he has quite clearly been the best player. And this debate would run every time. And Messi, they gave... So they give him the man of the match or was he just player of the tournament in 2014? Uh, they, I, he got player of the tournament, definitely. There was some debate around that, wasn't there? Yeah, I don't he think was he on got the losing man of the team. match. I don't think he got man of the match. Just player of the tournament. Shame, but Montiel gives it away and then you almost you're preparing yourself for penalties and then special mention to Canate here because he's on the pitch for seven minutes he makes more tackles than Upamecano did in that time and then when you watch it back I could not believe it's him that plays the ball in I was so sure it's it's an insane pass is is anyone going to criticise Moani here or is it a case that nine times out of ten if you get the right connection and that's on target you're fine you're fine in the back of the net it's a good point because we've all made obviously a big thing of what a huge clutch save is could could he do better I, it feels critical I think doesn't like, it hit it with that power and to get it on target I think it's just an unbelievable mm. save it's got to go down as one of the best saves in history for what it goes on to then what he goes what what it leads to because mm. that's over three minutes of added time there that's that's the game done mm. moving across his body the ball is as I think well. it just has to go down it's just a fantastic save yeah and, and, and Martinez it's a weird one because we've said what we've said about him we said what we've said about Larice but again it just felt inevitable to me that France were winning this shootout. Well, once you've come back twice like they have, you sure you just think like Argentina have got to be out and then like, psychologically have got to be done shortly. 
it may be it may be just a running theme here with me, but I remember when we came back against uh, <laughs> West Ham, not quite uh, Istanbul. Um, but I remember thinking it would be the most Arsenal thing ever if we lost now <laughs> after coming from three goals down. <laughs> didn't happen, fortunately. This time they've come back twice, and then it's kind of all for nothing. Um, they step up. And you were kind of hoping... There is still time for a Lataro miss as well, by the way. Oh, don't. It's getting don't. overlooked because of that great save from Evan Martinez. There is still enough time for Lataro to have another shocker. I said yesterday he, he <laughs> wouldn't start for me at plot court. He's horrible. And he is horrible. Brad had some bad games. <laughs> when he was bad, he was bad. <laughs> but Lataro, in this instance... Doesn't even bring the physicality Brad's bringing. No, Messi had even given him his... Uh, Lucky red ribbon. by Lukaku after Lukaku, like, pined for the partnership that he's there to get. Thank Christ. Well, I mean, we were linked with him. Thank God we didn't make that move. If only Spurs had, because he was the man they were going to replace Kane with. Don't forget that. Oh, God. That would have been... <laughs> I think that transfers, like, oh, yeah, let's just not. Like, that would be such a... Going off our track record, that was like the perfect sign-in for our going off consisting with our like consistency history-wise. He'd have cost you probably seventy-five percent of the Kane money as well. Yeah, yeah, comfortably, comfortably. And I do. If you weren't ahead of the curve, TK, you were just as the just as the curve began. I do remember taking a closer look at him in the Champions League games against Liverpool. And then you're like, well, I don't want to judge you just off this. And then each time you watch him, you're like, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surveillance. FIFA have told me you're something you're not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the penalty shootout, you're hoping that Mbappe and Messi, <laughs> Messi, I was, him and Dybala felt like they were nailed on to miss. <laughs> I thought Dybala was missing for sure. And by the way, he does his absolute best to. That is not a good penalty. Messi's what, one, his call is slick. Dybala is lucky and his face tells you it's lucky as well. I, yeah. I might want to open the dialogue on the Messi penalty. Go on. I mean, Larice does horribly as well, I think. Well, that's... I, no, 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 no. I think Larice might have convinced us it's a better penalty than no, it was. I'm, I'm, I'm with Luke. I'm with Luke. I don't think Messi's penalty was good. Like, but right, sorry. Let me explain. It was good in terms of out of every player on the pitch, he had probably felt like he had the most weight on his shoulders. Mm, yeah. And I know that yeah. can be a bit, a bit of a rash thing. And I think you could see the physical toll, like mental toll that it was have on him. Probably took so much weight out of the ball. That's why it was so soft to hit. But I don't think it was a good penalty. I think if Laurie stutters in that direction rather than going the wrong way, he <laughs> saves that. I, I don't like the placement wasn't good. Like, but are we not going to say like penalty when he when he because Messi's hit a pace like Messi. I've seen a Messi penalty like that before, and it's been hit with a similar pace. But the positioning of it was like as close as you can physically get to the post. But it's also not that like, was, you know if the keeper stays there for a penenka, you look like a fucking idiot. But if it goes in, everyone's saying it's a great pen. Yeah, that's not the yeah. same thing. But look, well, no, Messi's it, penalty. It like, it's not like I don't think Messi it. mishit it, did he? No, I think so, his penalty in the, the last round is clearly a very different technique and it was statistically the best penalty of the tournament. Hmm. This time around, he's not quite doing the no-look thing, but I think it's one of them where you take it in a way that you haven't necessarily committed to a direction yeah. even by the time you swung your leg back. 
because you That's are the- relying on the keeper doing something. And I think he's just not quite got the connection that he's gone for. It looks 10 times better for it. Mm, yeah. But if our hearts went, Christ, a lot, I dread to think how he was feeling when, when that ball leaves his foot. Because it even just feels like you're waiting for Lloris to just reach out and stop it. Because well, I think, and he never does. I think Lloris does the first half of what he was trying to do. Well, I think he fakes him, and that's why he fakes to go the one way. Messi bites and takes the penalty like he does. And I think Lloris should then just be able to have the athleticism to dive back across because there isn't that much on it. And instead, I think Lloris is still diving now. Well, there's so many because Abamyang, the one that Lloris saves, he spoke about it after. And I think Abamyang took one against Man United the week before at Old Trafford. And the technique is, and you see several do this now, Tony's the master at it. You actually don't look at the ball the whole time. Yeah. You look at the keeper. And it's as you've just it's essentially a game of chicken. And if the keeper can have it in him to wait until the last second, yeah. then it's technically the easiest penalty in, in the world to save because you're not going to get the same purchase on it. And you very clearly can see them where they're going to put it. But World Cup final, it's as tense for him as it is for Messi. And I don't know. It's, it it looked great watching it back. I don't even... When I say it may not have been a good penalty, I don't think it was a bad penalty either. I think it ultimately just, it did what he wanted to do in terms of I'm yeah. going to hit this, I'm going to think this like this and you're going to go the wrong way. As it was, it looked like Larissa was going to go the wrong way and then goes the right way. So it could have been a total disaster for him, but he just about got away with it. But ultimately, what he intended to do did happen. So, Whereas Dybala, I don't even know what he intended to do. It just kind of ended up in the back of the net. Yeah, I mentioned Ertzel. I've just seen Ertzel tweeted out, no Benzi, no party yesterday as well. I don't know what if someone needs to tell him about 2018 <laughs> and what a prick everyone that's come into uh, contact with Benzema appears to say he is. But there we go. Thank God that guy uh, isn't with us anymore. Then, so it's Mbappe smashes his three penalties against the same keeper, Alex, just in case we um, had lost count. I think Kingsley Coman steps up. Oh. And then who then it's Dabala, isn't it? After Coman. Yeah. Coman hits it wide. Chumeni saved or the other way around? Other way around, Chumeni hits his wide, yeah. doesn't he? Yes, because that, that then he, Martinez he doing the shimmy after he hits it wide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we're not gonna gloss over the um what's it throwing the ball away? And being an absolute shit. Speak to well, to be to be fair, it it is, but at the same time, this is the World Cup final. It's on the referees to, yeah, not allow I, that to happen. I think I think I do, do like I do question why he was able to get because he was he already on a yellow card going into the shootout. Can no, because he gets a booking. He gets a booking during the shootout. But it wasn't for that though, was it? No, I think, no. I think it's after that there's something else goes on. And He's then, taking age yeah. to even get in the that, net. Because I, I do question when the stakes are that high for him to go and do that and for that that <laughs> I did I did feel for him to be in front of that Argentinian crowd as well for an extra few seconds thinking about it. That must have been it killed him, didn't horrendous. It? Well, from memory, it would usually be. The referee has the ball in his hands, you approach, he chucks it to you, and then you can do what you need to do, yep. isn't it? Yeah. And ultimately, this just wasn't officiated. They spent so much time telling him to make sure you're on the line that 
he retrieves the ball from behind the net or after the save. And then everything he knows about Martinez and he's just trusting him to just <laughs> nicely handle it. Because at the very least, he's going to smash that into his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And say, good luck then. And that's already after a miss as well. So very rough. And Dybala, as you said, in in the in and amongst that. And then it's uh, Muani, isn't it? Mm. He steps up, smashes his home. Yeah, I was worried for him. You think I he did it? Yeah, I was just going to say. Well, because I think smash go on. it, <laughs> just down the middle, if exactly. get on target, fifty-fifty. <clears throat> well, we um, said last week, yeah. didn't we? If it wasn't going to be Kane taking the second one, like yeah. Maguire was probably our next option. Yeah, yeah, him whacking it. So we're probably yeah, doing a similar I, technique. I, I to imagine how Maguire trying to do an Ivan Tony on the night. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure I can believe in the if in doubt smash it technique anymore after this World the, Cup. The, 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 keys. the thing is with that, just, <laughs> the ref gives these penalties rightly, in my opinion. Doesn't have to go to VAR. You don't have that extra two minutes of checking. You don't have that extra two minutes of pressure. There's just a, an example of what, what an example of yeah, what could have been. But, but the ref gives it, balls on the penalty spot, player takes it. Away you go. And then that, that takes away a lot of the pressure. Well, there was that article doing the rounds last week that essentially the reason Kane missed is that Henderson was taken off. <laughs> <laughs> because he's the guy that takes all the attention and there was no one that did it for the second penalty because Henderson had gone off. Is that the athletic by any chance? It it wasn't, oh. but it was, it was their style yeah. article. Um, it may have been the telegraph or something like that because remember the fuss for the Chelsea one in the Club World Cup when they were playing like Palmeiras. FC whatever yeah yeah and then there was all the fuss that you know Azpilicueta he did this thing he never usually does and he was just a massive prick to everyone like oh this is incredible <laughs> this is a great new way to distract people when you're taking a penalty we need someone to do that and then miss <laughs> just to put this to bed I don't think we need to make these more complicated than they are. Step up, smash it home. Jobs are good. In. Well, once again, that uh, Norwegian fella, I think he's in Norwegian oh, on um, Twitter, is like the penalty saving expert guy. The save. <laughs> like, look how they all group round at first. And well, that was it. They they basically taken his thing and made an article out of it for yeah, the Henderson yeah. one. Which, they say statistically Henderson is the best person to have around you. As long as he isn't taking one of the penalties, then you <laughs> stay the hell away. Is it not that Salah, you'll probably go along with this, is a successful penalty taker? I'm I'm still like Messi. I'm not sure I'm going to say Salah's a good penalty taker. He's the taker. worst successful penalty taker I've ever seen. <laughs> he can't convince me he's actually good at them, but they do find their way in. So, Because the thing, as we touched on last week, with no foreign managers won the World Cup for another country. And it's just usually that Brazil, Argentina, Spain have the infrastructure to mm. produce enough good managers themselves. So yeah. it doesn't come to that. Yeah. And Henderson is alongside a very successful penalty taker. Yeah, absolutely. They get this done then. Montiel, we have none of that nonsense about saving your best for last. Mbappe, Messi up first, and uh, 
Montiel, fairly calm. If you're going to take a penalty, you want that two pen buffer, don't you? That is just the dream. It's a free swing. Sort of for the first time, I was looking at it from the way of not necessarily thinking about how horrible this is going to be if you miss. I was thinking in his head, he may be thinking about how incredible this feeling is going to be when I put this away. And I've never really thought about someone approaching it like that before, but that buffer in a final. And you're forever linked to it. And not bad. You might never yeah. do anything else in your career, but that's always going to be there. It's not bad. Yeah, because I, I remember uh, it's Fabio Grosso that I was did about to say, the one yeah, in 2006. Because yeah. like, you tell her anything else about the man's career? Probably not. Well, I just remember when we went to France in the trip where Jack met some uh, <laughs> unfortunate youth. Met his maker. People shouting Fabio Grosso off the bus, which got us off to a bad start. So I just remember they that. They took that now. personally. <laughs> took it out on Jack. So Messi, his career is now complete. He's added a World Cup winner's medals to all of his Champions Leagues, domestic championships, his domestic cups, his Copper America. As we've touched on, two goals, successful penalty, golden ball, not quite the golden boot. And the penalties, if we stick with that, clearly he's worked on this because this is something that he was criticised for. You can, you can maybe question Argentina being awarded five penalties through the tournament <laughs> in seven games. Every single one coming at nil-nil, by the way. Oh, that's... And some borderline ones in there as well. Yeah. But because that record was probably the next thing to be held against him after his lack of World Cup was his penalty record. Yeah, so he did two for one. We got an interesting repertoire from him. He wasn't taking every penalty the same way. It wasn't that he just got comfortable doing any one thing. He's had the the Hezzy penalty. He's had just put my foot through it. He's placed it in the corners. He had plenty of practice, which... that certainly didn't hinder him when it got to the end of the tournament. It definitely played a part, I think, <clears throat> because you never know, quite know how he's going to take it. Kane's had the same penalty technique for the past five years, where he's that little shimmy, quick forward, stops, then hits it to the left. It always seems, and it always seems to go in, whereas it's always so much harder, I imagine, for a keeper to try and analyse where they're going to go. Like you see it in this one, penalty, Messi has two different penalty like runs for the two that he takes. So yeah, yeah, it's to keep keep him guessing, I guess. So like he scored in every game bar one, um, the group stage win against Poland, where he has the penalty saved by uh, Sir Chesney Chesney MBE, and other than that, he's just bossed every game. This isn't one where we can accuse him of being carried which I think we were going to if we had the dark circumstance that Portugal perhaps won this that was the first thing we were going to that Ronaldo wasn't the best player on that team none of this could be said against Messi for this tournament he was the best player from the first game to the last yeah dragged them at times as well wasn't it some of these games they didn't really turn up in um, and he had to so not bad well, big goals against Mexico and Australia. He had incredible assists for Molina and Alvarez against the Netherlands and Croatia. Um, in the final against France, he obviously does what he did. And all of this 
like they probably don't win this tournament if they sneak past Saudi Arabia in the first game. The changes he made after that in bringing in Enzo Fernandez and Julian Alvarez, who are probably the two next most important players after Messi, mm. it's they took their licks after the opening game and then it all worked out in the end for them. And he got to dress in a bisht for the trophy. So <laughs> what more could he ask for? <laughs> Just what he always wanted. Yeah, that has changed very quickly. That's Twitter's now telling me, if anything, that's probably what he, what he would have wanted to be in. <laughs> I'll say what he didn't need. That yeah. twat Salt Bay. Oh, God. In his face, seconds after the final whistle. How did he even get in there? I've seen so many videos of him going around and just barging his way into photo shoots. Like Fernandez is having one with a trophy by the net and he just comes up behind him and grabs the yeah. trophy and does the sprinkle thing over the trophy. Yeah. I'm like, like, what connection does he have to anyone that's won here? Like, yeah. I just, I can't get my head around it. I can't imagine someone, like we could get past him charging like 25 grand for a fucking steak. But what we can't get past, <laughs> yeah, what we can't A gold past, steak. I, I think his reputation has been immeasurably damaged here. He's just he just come across as such an entitled I mean, cunt. Um, <laughs> Mbappe probably could have done without Macron in his face seconds after a penalty shootout as well. As well. As well. Trying to draw some parallels of Boris Johnson trying to console fucking Harry Kane. Kane, or Kane after that pen. Console Foden, like, what is going on here? Macron <laughs> was getting a lot of FaceTime in there, wasn't he? Little speech inside the dressing room afterwards as well. Well, it's, it's these people. No one, no one uh, is I, there I to guess, tell them I no. Guess if you're the president of that country, what are you going to do? But I don't... well, like the Newcastle owners constantly go into the Newcastle dressing room and Eddie Howe is being forced to come out. And going, <laughs> we actually we love it when they come in. <laughs> we, we actually like if they want to do the team talk every game, I don't mind. <laughs> because there was some oh, there was an instance for another team where it, where it backfired and I can't think who it was. Maybe it'll come to me. Um, maybe Frank should have got the kit man or the photographer to do a speech in the dressing room. I hear that works wonders. Mbappe then on the other side of this, he's already won one World Cup for France. So I do wonder how that impacted his feeling post-game and if that took any pressure off for any of these penalties, by the way. Uh, he almost single-handedly did win a second, though. His two goals, 97 seconds. If he bangs that chance after the late dribble, oh. it's probably the coldest moment in football in history. Yeah, yeah. And it felt very much like he was about to do just It's that. a great challenge, really, when you look at it, because, yeah, he, like you said, it felt inevitable he was about to do it as he was pulling to, to shape up to shoot. He took those Haaland comparisons personally. Oh. You could you could almost you could almost see the him running to the touchline after he'd scored it, doing the cross arm, mm. cross arm, yeah. and it just being silent in the stadium. Haaland's had to be watching all this. Norway have a lot to answer for, by the way. They, with even just with Erdegaard and Haaland, when you look at some of the other teams as qualified, they have no excuse. No. to not be trying to strut their stuff on the world stage. So bad have luck you, for them because they missed the last Euros as well. Have you seen that um, Sky Sports thing with Haaland? 
the um the I saw the him putting some uh, De Bruyne's jersey on uh, the dummies. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be back to tormenting yeah, I, all of us uh, yeah, very I soon. That he much like Salah. And then I saw, I, yeah, <laughs> life I, was I, better. I saw <laughs> commercial by Sky. I'm just like, oh no, just filled with dread. Was, yeah, you got them yeah. first game back. Oh, I was thinking yeah. Carabao, but Arguably. they'd already done you in that. Yeah. We're at that as well, so that wasn't even Arguably, that wasn't even funny. It's gonna be harder seeing as they're our bogey team, we always seem to lose again. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> yet to hear you talk about a team on here that aren't somehow Chelsea's bogey well. team. Three 0 away and then do two two in the last season in the Prem. Yeah, but you draw like Port Vale in the League Cup and you're like, oh, this is a nightmare because we always struggle against them. I'm getting upset. I'm getting upset here because I'm pretty sure we agreed that there was no Chelsea talk until the new year. It's an after the World Cup. And that's what we were meant to be abiding to. He's got a job to do. I'm going to have to be as depressing as I want. Potter's Tricky Blues, you told me. We were Um, Tricky Blues. (laughs) Tricky for, in every sense, tricky to play against and then tricky to watch. (laughs) <laughs> Mbappe now has the distinction of scoring a hat-trick in a World Cup final and still ending up on the losing I, side. I do love the fact that he had to take the match ball home so because like, he could score a hat-trick and you think he's just going And they made him have the pitch here with the rest of the ones. You know, what, what are you doing to this oh, guy? Yeah, I, that I, was, thought, like, I know Messi yeah. just won the World Cup and all but he acted very cold towards Mbappe. I saw the little, little exchange them two were having after they both scored. But I'll do what you got to do. But he literally just ignored him. <laughs> Some, uh, no, it must I, be I, I to be humble. Anyway. Sorry, go on. I, I think if you give if you give Mbappe, I, I think if it was the other way around, Mbappe would have been as cold. So I don't, I, I have no sympathy yes, towards the, Mbappe in that respect. It's the mentality as well. Like you look at how Larice was with Kane. And then you look at how Messi was with Mbappe. It's just a different ball game to some players. And that's what winners do. Have we got Simon Jordan on here or is it Luke Byron? I can't, I can't be sure. Well, I don't see that he... Sh- I hate it. I hate it. I hated it when Chelsea won the Champions League and the first thing Mason Mount does... Was it Mason Mount? One of the Chelsea players runs across to their mate on uh, the city side. I think it was. I think it was Mountain Round to Foden. Um, I don't like that. Go and celebrate with your team first, and then you can do all the other business after. Don't sacrifice your moment because he's on the losing side. In fairness, this is a, this would have been exactly that though, wouldn't it? Because they've had their moment. This is. I mean, we were waiting long enough for fucking this. This is about an hour later. I've, there, no, he, there's a video of him speaking to him on the side of the pitch in between. Oh, well, there you go then. Just uh, my, mine was is the, at the final whistle. I don't like you running straight over to the other team. Go and celebrate with your teammates first. No, agreed. If that had been at the final whistle, you'd have been absolutely right. What else have we got? I don't know when Alex has to dip. He says he's got more important things to do, unfortunately. That, um, that, was, uh, that would be now, unfortunately. Disgusting. So he does, well, does have more important things to do. Um, <laughs> Anything else to add on the final, anyone, before we move on to kind of the World Cup as a whole? Yeah, Zero. I, I just Zero to add. Anything right. else to add that's already been said. Just absolutely fantastic. Could have been us. That's all we'll add. 
Shout out to everyone who declared it the best final of their life, like we'd had a serious collection of World Cup finals to choose from. (laughs) Other than a man getting headbutted, we didn't have much to choose from. I I think I've said that I've seen the best NFL game I've ever seen for like the last three playoffs. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't do it. And I've been watching NFL. For a short time, I've been watching football. Technically, if it is the best one you've seen, it's just constantly. The next one is always the best one. Like we're watching the UFC. I think he might be the GOAT. Yeah. This might <laughs> be the greatest we've ever seen. Exactly. Um, Jack, who were your biggest surprise team it has to of be the World Cup? There isn't another answer to it. The only yeah. other, other answer I can think of is potentially Croatia, just because we thought they can't do it again, can they? And that, the age of that midfield, just they seem to just churn out results. But Morocco, no one was expecting that. Like, not a single person. And they almost... They, they were good value in that France semi-final, just they got undone at the end. Yeah, TK, you're going to make the, the the case for Croatia or are you going with uh, Morocco as well? I put a collection of different things for biggest surprise because I figured Morocco would be obviously the consensus answer. Yeah, I, I, it's, I feel like it's hard to have another answer in, in this case. In biggest surprise, I've got people being surprised Griezmann is good. Hakim Ziyech. <laughs> England not playing five at the back uh, and just how bad Costa Rica were against Spain but then able to beat Japan <laughs> in the next game. Made no sense. Couldn't work that out at all. The ZH one actually doesn't surprise me because you always get those players who their entire brand is basically them being like low pace. That's kind of their shtick. And then it comes to something like this and then you do see them like put their soul on the line for their team. And that's either the beauty of international football or the pain of buying a player that just looks like they're destined to play in Syria. Yeah, the thing with him is you've got no doubt he's reverting to type. Now he's going back to Chelsea as well. You've got no hope that he's going to carry that on. I've seen a few people say he's got AC Milan. Or that. I see I see him as an interplayer. No, he's, he's- I don't even know I what that means. Mean, I just see no, I don't know. with AC has been links like for the last three windows. Only on a loan with uh, We we need to stop an this. Option. We need to just let Syria die because we need to stop giving them <laughs> stupid, ridiculous loan deals. They're like a graveyard where people can go to kind of give themselves some sort of new lease of life. Just let it end. I think we probably could have taken a stance and then someone gave them a hundred million pound player. (laughs) Let him rot and eat himself to death and then move on from it. Yeah. They were, they weren't even offering, they were offering like 10 million for Xhaka. And we were saying like, because it works like they, they go low. So well, no, if you just give us 15 and even then they won't buy Mm. it, they'll stick with the money they want. And they'll find a free agent from Turkey or something like that. And, and they'll somehow make it work. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are essentially a friend we keep lending money to and you keep seeing them out. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> out? <I understand. laughs> How are you here? <laughs> That's TK, go back to you. Um, biggest disappointment? Okay, uh, for you, 
Qatar. Um, you built them up in that pod. <laughs> you, you sold me a dream and they were horrible. <laughs> that was a collaboration. I saw that throwing routine. <laughs> you had me convinced, honestly. Um, it was there was one routine. They just took a throw in <laughs> and it was almost like a volleyed crossfield pass immediately. And I thought, the tech on show here. Well, certainly at the end of that podcast, I thought, well, everyone thinks these are going to stink. And they're at least going to be better than that. But it, no, it turned out they were going to be exactly what people thought. They looked all right for about 40 minutes against Ecuador. Until another one of the biggest surprises, Enna Valencia turned up. He was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, biggest disappointment. Uh, I've got Uruguay. Yeah. Um, Canada not able to get it done. Again, Another podcast where we were tipping them up yeah. a bit and they showed that they could, but they fell short. Um, but biggest disappointment for me, Japan's penalties. They were a disgrace, <laughs> an utter disgrace. I mean, a lot to unpack there. The, the, the next time there's a consensus dark horse, just bet the house on the opposite <laughs> half. Yeah. yeah. Was, it, was it weird for you in uh, the response to Luis Suarez because I'm trying to think of the closest one because in terms of like level that's kind of like is that is saying that's your Thierry Henry is that fair because it's the closest you're going to get it's a weird one like if I saw Thierry Henry crying on the side of the pitch then I'd feel bad and I would question why everyone else was enjoying it so much. I guess for Suarez, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one for you to be in. Do you f- feel bad for him? Are you like, well, fuck you at this point? I don't know how you feel seeing him in that situation. No, I, I, I didn't really, really feel anything. Um, I wasn't piling in like obviously a lot most people will, but I, I can't say I felt any sympathy. It's were you it, surprised that people still felt as strongly as they clearly do? No, I. I I quite like it. Once you're a villain, you should be the villain to the end. Don't I don't want you sort of coming good. I think you should be a, a bastard. Uh, and I think he was to the end. So that's, that's good. The, the thing that made me sad was actually watching him play. Fucking <laughs> put the guy out of his misery, please. Somewhat made it better that they won and still went out. Yeah, and that's the other thing as well. All they had to do was get another goal as well, so... You can't have that much uh, sympathy for a team that should have scored more. No, because they drew nil nil with someone horrible, didn't they? They were just a horrible fucking watch. You know, I knew they were going to be, you know, we knew they were going to be sort of a shit house team, but they've got some quality there, and they just didn't do anything with it. I mean, didn't use Darwin properly, but also Darwin was pretty also, also pretty horrible. Um, and then they were just trying to fit one of two geriatric players into the <laughs> squad constantly. <laughs> Because I, I was going to ask, there, there seemed to be the feeling before we broke up for the World Cup that Darwin's stock was about as high as it had been since he joined the Premier League. Yeah, correct. And has that changed in your eyes since? Like, did what you see at the World Cup, has that made you think that the form you saw beforehand was him playing above his level? Are you still thinking okay, I've seen what he can do. This is international football. They didn't use him right. I don't know how you're feeling about Darwin going, as we go back to the Premier League. Probably checked us a little bit, didn't it? In terms of he was starting to arrive a little bit. So I guess this is a bit of a, it's a, bit of a check. But it's kind of simultaneously 
uh, further reasons to worry, but also reaffirming what I kind of already thought in terms of you watch him like his link up play is pretty horrible. Essentially, when it's not running in on goal or being big and physical, he probably can't do a lot. But it just so happens that he's absolutely great at scoring goals and doing that side of it. So I think that's just going to be what he is. It's just if he can polish up the other side of his game a little bit more to be sort of an acceptable standard. But I think we kind of saw his flaws in this one and none of the good part. Because I don't know if I'm the worst culprit of this. I'm definitely a culprit of it. I can acknowledge that. But I can look at, say, Thiago not making the Spain squad. I can look at the use of Darwin for Uruguay. And it's very easy for me to say, well, if he was as good as you say he is, then they're going to play him. Mm -hmm. Or if Darwin is as good as you say he is, then why would they play Suarez in his position and waste him like they are? And then less than two minutes later, I can say, but Ben White is better than John Stone, so I don't understand <laughs> yeah. why he could be playing ahead of him. Yeah. And so it's, and we're going to say when we go on to stock rises and fallers in a moment that international football maybe should be taken with a pinch mm. of salt, but Darwin, for me, I think until I see something different, he's going to be one where if I see him come on against my team or he's playing against my team, I'm going to be utterly convinced he's going to score. And for every other game other than that, I'm going to be looking at him, well, what <laughs> the hell have you paid big money for yeah. here? Because yeah. there was times where he, I mean, sometimes he barely looks a footballer. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it doesn't look pretty, does it? it? I think really to get, probably even from Liverpool fans, but from the wider public, I think he's going to have to have like a full season where he scores goals, bangs them in, and we sort of slowly forget. I mean, obviously a totally different type of player in terms of probably technical ability, but it took us probably two years to accept that Kane was actually quite good. We were yeah, kind of yeah. a little bit, oh, Spurs have just thrown this guy in because... We used to be Harry Kane Thursdays. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't want to play in... Uh, was it Adebayor at the time? Would have been the, the first choice. Yeah. They said, right, we're going to throw this guy in. It's just a, a young player that they're putting in. But they don't really believe in him. So, oh, actually, he's quite good. And it's probably the same with like Vardy. For a bit, we were like, well, he, <laughs> he's, he's hit a few goals, but he'll soon sort of revert to the mean. And then we realise he probably is a Premier League striker. I don't think I bought into Vardy completely until he got the goal against United where he was securing that run. They were, he was beating the record, wasn't yeah. he? It was like the most away games scored in a row mm. or the most Premier League games scored in a row, something Premier like League. that. Yeah, it might have just been Prem game. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was something. And even with what I've just said about Nunes in the type of player that you're only really concerned is good when he's playing against your team. Chelsea have a squad okay. of those, by the way. <laughs> Pulisic and Ziyech are two of the biggest examples of that that I've ever seen and Ziyech I think found one of those moments against Spurs where he yeah. scored the curler mm. yeah so he can do that every so often and you just have to hope it's not against your team and nine times yeah. out of ten this it won't World be Cup is really, when you think about it's from Chelsea in a horrible horrible life Ziyech Havertz Pulisic have all got <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about how Darwin had a stinker. That's not bad for me. What's actually bad is Chelsea <laughs> players pulling yeah, up trees. Pulling up multiple goals and assists per group. And <laughs> we, can't, we can't score for Chelsea. The, the biggest disappointment for me was Brazil. 
yeah. probably the most loaded squad until you get to their fullbacks. And even then, Eder Militao at fullback is a position he's more than comfortable in. It's what he started out as, if I'm not mistaken. So you're looking at one position where they're not looking up to scratch and that's how someone like Danny Alves gets in the team. It's mental that they could be as bad as they were when it actually came down to it. The the wider media puts all of that on Neymar and he didn't have the best tournament, but he was by no means their worst player. But they also injured their best striker, didn't utilise their best winger. <laughs> In one out of two cases, it worked out well for us. Mm. Unfortunately, the other case, well, we'll get to uh, this weekend. Jack, what was the biggest disappointment for you? I mean, it's hard, it's hard to mention one that you haven't already mentioned. I think just one that I'd mentioned there, how well all the Chelsea players have done in relevance <laughs> for the season they've had so far for their domestic club. Um, yeah, I, in my head, I thought Brazil because of the way that they absolutely just swept aside South Korea. And you thought, right, it was just made up for them to beat Argentina and go on into the final. Wasn't to be. I won't say Belgium because, I mean, the 20 minutes me and TK spoke about them pre-tournament, it would be wrong to now say that they were a disappointment when we essentially said we expected this. Offer. One of our better shouts. De Bruyne, I think it's fair to single out because, as we've pointed out, Kane's getting the stick. Now, it's hard to avoid it in his shoes, but if Neymar's taking the stick for Brazil... De Bruyne, you need to be taking the brunt of this for Belgium. Mm, And even more so in the manner of which he went down, I think he's got off very lightly in just slinking back out to now just go and pick up a league title for Man City or whatever they're going to do. I think 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 Lukaku really helped him there. I think... (laughs) Took a lot of the brunt for him, didn't much put the entire failing of their campaign on Lukaku's misses. Because if one of those goes in, they go through and they could potentially shake things up. When they shouldn't have been in that position to start no, with, to be fair. True. No. Just so happens that uh, big game De Bruyne must be saving that for about two months' time. Yeah, that's like you said, the manner in which he went down, I thought it went down with a whimper, but also giving that interview during the middle of the tournament. That's what I yeah, mean, it's yeah. Just on and off the pitch means you've kind of quit. And you're the one of the only players in your prime in that team. So whilst you can say about others that are too old, you should be stepping up. But I, th- yep. I was just going to say that one other one that I had thought of as Wales, like how bad they were. They were awful. Um, you have some expectations for them, didn't you? Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. think that Iran game, I just can't over... Just <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Over that you've gone and set yourself up with a point against the USA, beat Iran, and it's all to play for. And the way they just, they forgot how to football for pretty much like, <laughs> How much better Iran looked. I know. Than it, them, it, it, the fact that Iran were coming off the back of a 7-2 loss. Where they showed up. <laughs> on the, uh, no, the only other one I had on that, because you said about uh, De Bruyne, uh, players like Party and Son, I thought, was disappointing yeah. just because you're clearly like the standout player for your country I just didn't really do anything either of them I didn't I didn't think they separated themselves well, the, well, that takes them through to the next round but then goes out with a whimper against Brazil mm. and I, I thought actually partly 
career didn't use Son that well. I thought for some reason he's your best player, but you keep isolating him out wide. But look, there is also a responsibility for you to get more involved in his shoes, I think. He was crying after two games. Now The man likes to cry, the, right? He's in touch with his emotions. The point is slightly diminished by the fact they do go through, but yeah, and, and Party, I think we spoke about previously, he he was being singled out yeah, by their fans in saying he just looks like he's not trying. Yeah, it didn't look good at all. Um, there you go. Maybe some players do just prefer uh, club football. And and there is there is a thing with, and I don't know too much about it, but I can't know which player it was in particular. Uh, Leon Bailey, I think it was, that spoke about people talk about players of African heritage playing for other teams and the players that were born there not playing for their countries. And they say it's largely the infrastructure and the people that are actually putting all of this together. They're the reason for it. And so maybe internally you saw some of the shenanigans that were going on with the Senegal team. Maybe that is something to do with it in that that's why they aren't coming together and playing in the same way because the only team that has had the real investment put in by the powers that be in their country was Morocco and then you saw the fruits of their labour. So maybe bad to say maybe they don't feel that they have the motivation when they too when they do get there maybe yeah just wanted to sort of him to so i guess rise above the rest of his team because he's obviously a level above sure. them and just yeah, didn't really yeah. see it uh do you want to start with the peoples whose stocks have plummeted the most or risen the most plummeted the most <laughs> let's get on to the yeah. start we want well i mentioned him a couple of times Harry Kane, I think, is the place oof, I would start. Oof, blimey. I didn't expect well, that. I, I don't know how your stock does not go down after you've blown another moment on the biggest stage. Like, it's a sport that favours recency, and Bappe's penalties haven't helped the cause. Mm. The goal tally doesn't match what we hoped for. And now he's got to go back to Spurs. Like, it's not like he has something previous to kind of fall back on to back up and support any argument for. Like his his, his defence, I don't necessarily think it should have fallen further than the two other players I have down for this. But I think if you look at the way people were being spoken about before and after the tournament, I think Keynes is going to be as, as bad as anyone's. In fact, it's made it worse for me by the way some journalists have gone out of their way to essentially absolve him of any criticism whatsoever like this this is a sporting moment it was a horrible penalty take your licks and move on but blowing a moment like that with the expectations that the wider media had for the country going into the tournament I don't know how your stop doesn't plummet after that I mean it definitely hasn't risen but I think Mm. The only thing I'd say about Harry Kane is he can play like the best striker in the world when there's absolutely nothing on the line when he plays for Spurs constantly. But we don't see that same Kane for England regularly enough. He gets the goals for sure because he's always going to when our European and World Cup qualifying campaigns are as such. We're always going to get teams for him to score against. But then on the flip side of that, his tournament wasn't that bad. He was actually one of our most influential players, I would say. Just, it just it, I, and but the what? reason I think the reason why he 
it is he isn't getting the flack that you think he should be is because I don't think there's anyone else in that team that wants to score as much as he does. Then I think it was just one of those things. Thing. I mean, we we mentioned Lukaku. The reason that I have the difference here is I don't think Lukaku's stock is where no, Kane's is. And so Lukaku from where it was to where it is now, I don't think there's I, that I much would... of a drop-off. Kane's, we're speaking about as the best striker in the tournament. So it's it's only the I only way it. is down. You're right. But at the same time, everyone can miss a penalty. It's... Yeah, but like if you canvassed, he got, he got two goals for the tournament. Yeah, I know. But if you look at... Um... Are we not? Are we not saying that Kane was probably a top five player in the tournament? Yeah, you could you could say that, but at the same time, his his position. What we saying? Messi, his Mbappe, the games in which De Bruyne, score him, Neymar, he was setting mm. up goals for the rest of the team, or doing something. Else. Was he? he? He set up. He set up a goal in the Iran game. Was that not? He got two assists in the Iran game. Did he get another assist after that? Um, does he in the Senegal game? Senegal game. And he gets a goal in the game. Yeah, so he got two goals. Yeah, I don't think he had. I don't the, know. Does the anyone, worst is anyone tournament. looking I'm at just... Kane differently off the back of this tournament, though? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I kind of view him the same think, way. It stock definitely hasn't gone up, but it has it. Has I, it I think that's exactly the camp that I'm in. I think it's a good point I around think the, a lot of conversations are being had around the. It's a good point. I'm probably not being critical enough of him around the big game scenario. Only in that this is just another bit of evidence towards it that you do. There is a fair point to be made that at some point he has to have one of these games. That it's okay, you've delivered this game. If I'm going to say that about De Bruyne, I've probably got to say it about Kane, haven't I? If you're a club looking to go on and bring someone into in the Champions League, you're not going to start to be disturbed by his performance. It's true. I mean, like if you this. are comparing him and putting him in the top players in the world, and you look at the way Mbappe and Messi, I know they're, they're probably levels above, but are, is he re- are they really levels above what we put on? Well, I said this to Sean and he, get, he gets his back up. His biggest moment is a draw, a goal in a draw North London derby against 10 men. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Depends. A draw can sometimes be, th- you know, the result you wanted though, isn't it? Like, so it's, this was a draw at home against 10 men. Drawn, yeah. The, the issue is, I guess you would argue, is that while he's doing his bit to get them to big games and they should be getting him to more big games, because how many instances, how many sort of chances he had at a big game, you would obviously bring up the Champions League final, but there is an injury involved with that. The But at some, yeah, at some point, he probably does have to have that big game. If you're a big team, though, do you not back yourself that, that Kane isn't going ha- to be the be-all and end-all for us? You know, if you went to Brighton, would they be worried that he's going to stink the gaff out in a big game? They'd probably bat themselves to get through anyway, wouldn't they? Yeah, that's fair. I, I think, in terms of players whose stocks have gone down, like I think a lot of the players that had the worst tournaments, their stock wasn't there already, which is why I have significantly a significantly larger group for the ups than downs. Like the the only other two I have for down were Upamecano and Latara Martinez. I think we're missing missing a major one. I think we're missing Ronaldo out from this conversation. Could have gone much worse for him. I thought his stock was like done I, see, before I, I, I after that interview. I this is the context. I think when you put Chelsea's coming around to the idea of Chelsea yeah. signing them, <laughs> you know what? Maybe there's when a you, chance. When you 
kind of consider what happened pre-tournament in the fallout with United and the interview and everything like that. The reason why I think his stock is fallen so so drastically is because it's always been the Messi and Ronaldo conversation as to who's who's the best. Now I'm seeing people not put him in their top three. He's actually managed mm-hmm. to slip not only from second to Messi, but below Maradona, Maradona and Pele again. That's the that's a quite a drastic fall. I think he's slightly cursed in the sense that. He's two years older than Messi, so at 35, Ronaldo is probably doing similar numbers to Messi when you compare them both at 35 and the the years are lagging on. But this is a really good advert for retire on a high. His stock (laughs) is just continually lowering and this World Cup is definitely plummeted. Even from some when big players have been knocked out and they stay on the pitch and applaud the fans and they applaud the opposition... To exit your last ever World Cup without saying goodbye to your fans by just walking down the tunnel crying, that alone is really bad. With somebody though, do you not think, say you lined up Portugal starting 11 and Argentina starting 11, and you went through one by one and said to Messi, which you'd rather have? Would you rather have like Martinez or so-and-so? Would you rather have Diaz or Osamendi and so on? He's probably taken at least five Portugal players. And so Ronaldo's had a lot yeah, to work with in there. That, that that's exactly comes into my thinking where that Portugal team, when I saw their first lineup, I thought, you forget how good Portugal actually are. That's why. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you kind of discount them as, oh no, they've nothing to worry about. And you've seen that team sheet flick up and you're like, whoa, hang on, hang on a minute. Like, I was, I had eyes big in my belly, obviously getting past France in Ireland at Portugal in the semi-finals and I was more worried about Portugal than I was France famous last words it's probably my fault but, Jeez. But, <laughs> well, that was bold but he had a brilliant team to work with there and I think and that the, they did look emphatically better yeah, without him as well as if you could have designed a bad World Cup for him it, you wouldn't have been able to draw something much yeah, worse correct. than this But, but in terms uh, of Mike, stock, I mean, it's, his stock is kind of what was once Ronaldo is obviously we can't really do anything with it. And what is now is probably just carried on the downward trajectory, yeah. hasn't it? I don't know how much it's... I saw someone say his missus is Argentinian. I don't it know is. if that's right or not. Yeah, Jesus, Trouble at home. Because you know for a fact he'd have been forced to watch all 120 minutes plus the penalties. I don't think you'd have to force him. I think he's probably... Like when you when you watch someone on TV, despite knowing you hate them, or you carry on following someone that you despise, just to be wound up by Piers Morgan. I'm sure he's probably that guy. Like I constantly see him get compared to Homelander from The Boys, and want to hope he doesn't blow up that way. I assume Jack's seen The Boys. Jesus, is this the? That seems about as up your street as a bit of Jack. That I need to watch. It it. is. Is that the meme with the perfect, perfect thing? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's about as up your alley as uh, as I could say on Prime Fantastic. as well. I know what I'm watching. Um, Upamecano was an interesting one because I don't quite know where his stock was pre-tournament. I just only know it's gone down. People were impressed with everyone. Bunch of shops. I think it's largely because of that block near the end. 
<laughs> seems to be that entire thing seems to be he had a good game but people seem to Canate coming on and doing what he does in the seven minutes he's on the field the bit where he wins the he, corner as well Canate by the way it's like he was an actual striker I was so confused that that can't be Canate if you could have seen the look on my face when pardon the pun little Sandro is overlooked <laughs> and he's not brought on and the commentator is saying like they've chosen for the tall they've opted for the taller man here <laughs> poor guy I was at, I was cheering on Messi and then every time I saw Romero on the ball I, I wouldn't mind you making a mistake <laughs> did his best Lotaro, I mean he seems, I've said what I've said about him seems the obvious if, choice doesn't he have you got anyone else to chuck in the mix, TK? I will petition to put Diogo Costa in the mix. Okay. I think people came into this tournament thinking this guy is probably going to be the next keeper bought for a big sum of money. I think you would have serious reservations if your club signed him for a big sum of money now. How much is just because of the claim for the Morocco goal? It's not great, is it? I, I thought he was unconvincing in each of their games at different parts. I mean... The Switzerland one didn't have an awful lot to do, did he? But um, yeah, I wasn't convinced by the guy at all. And obviously, I'd seen bits of him before. Was impressed, uh, and had mainly been mainly been sort of hearing about him and sort of how much he'd talked up. And yeah, I I don't know. I just you know, you tell me if either of your clubs signed him for a big sum of money, would you be thinking right? We've got the next Allison or whatever. I think I'd be worried. No, I think we do have the next Allison, <laughs> so it's maybe a bit different for us. Obviously, the, for, the hypothetical is he doesn't exist, obviously. Okay. obviously. Um, I, Other than the Morocco game, I can't say I looked at Portugal and thought that he was particularly an issue, but I will say my focus when Portugal weren't playing well was very much elsewhere. Mm. So... I suspect every time, maybe the Morocco one, kind of my perception of it, every time there's a ball in, I was just worried for him. I also went so big on him pre-tournament <laughs> in terms of watching things and reading things about him that I I've bought all the stocks, and so but this is why I put him in the in the stock dropped because I so I think yeah, a lot of people had purchased the stock. That, it, yeah. I think it's the penalty. You save a couple of penalties and you're up in everyone's estimations. And I was going to say, unfortunately, when it's quite the opposite, you two very much have teams to be watching on Champions League nights. Um, When you are kind of flicking between, then you do see, I guess, just the highlights of someone like him. And it is very easy to colour the picture. So I've seen far better keepers than him flap at crosses. And so that's all. That's why I just don't hold it against him as, in the same way I would if I saw it two, three, four more times. I think if we're talking about Iberian keepers, Simone or Simon has to get an honourable mention of, or a dishonourable mention, that if you are going to drop David De Gea, by no means is the keeper he used to be, you've got to be better than him. You've got to be better. But there's a, they have about two, they have two other keepers at a minimum that are better than De Gea already. Like Robert Sanchez is better than De Gea. Mm, I still... In what Simone got wrong, I still back David De Gea to get right. It's the it's the other bits. It's the passing out from the back that I just don't back him at all. It shot stopping. Mm. I still think he's pretty decent. And the goal that he lets, I in, think we forget he, that which goal is it he lets in 
near post from outside Japan. Japan. Japan yeah. had a couple. Yeah, yeah, bad, wasn't it? But even with Simon, yes, I, I don't think he had a very good tournament, but I also don't think De Gea really has no, a no, stand on to be in that no, conversation, I, I think. I don't think Simon's stock was particularly high, was it? It was just a kind of the best of the rest, wasn't he? I still think that he's, he's... Yeah, De Gea is closer to a Kepa conversation than he is a Spain number one conversation wow. at this stage. To be fair, I forget how good Kepa was before the break. <laughs> um, Historically, I'm saying Thomas Muller's stock has been badly damaged. Yeah. We've been waiting for an opportunity to call the guy a myth, and we had another <laughs> one. I don't. And want your mind every yeah, every piece of media around Muller is like it's been designed to try and charm him, charm me yeah, for him. Yeah. And I'm not allowing it to happen. <laughs> I remember all too well what a bastard this guy is and uh, an elephant never forgets. Kimmich, though, great shout. Yeah. Still under surveillance, so I'll have to... Well, it's tough to be under surveillance when you're playing for Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah, it's true. The next Nations League game, <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be under the microscope. Anyone else before we get into whose stock has gone up? No, no, I think that's. I think we've uh, slandered right. enough people. Yeah, I think there's some that we can probably box off because they're going to be on everyone's list. Um, Amrabat is he? Is he the winner here? Is he the one? If you'd if you'd uh, invested pre-tournament, this is the guy you're, you're cashing your chips yeah. on. Yeah, from where is from where the stock was to where it is now, he's obviously uh, I think pretty comfortably the best, isn't he? Yeah, like convincing ball winner averaged more than 10 defensive challenges per game throughout the tournament organizing in the midfield um feels like doing a disservice to be chucking things like tenacity is usually something you chuck towards someone like Scott McTominay but <laughs> i guess that's what he was doing but he had the application works well. hard yeah that that sort of talk Bit better on the ball than those sort of things suggest as well, isn't it? Well, we spoke when it came to uh, Arsenal replacing Party with all the injuries that he's had, and we were talking about the lack of other sixes out there. And you were saying about Fabinho and the form he's in, but who the hell do you bring in? Mm. Amrabat looks very much like. I guess about as pure a six as you're going to find literally in there to do the cleaning up. And that's why the Liverpool links would worry me if I was a Liverpool fan, because I think he's going to come into a team and he's going to be expected to do so much more. Yeah. I I worry about him in a team that has a lot more of the ball. As much yeah, as the last said, two years, this guy wasn't playing for Fiorentina. No. They were saying he was forcing his way back in. That's it. Even I think in this tournament, you've seen that he's better than just the break the play up and sim. But I think he can do a little bit more than that, but it's very different having to do more than that when you have to be on the ball that little bit more. It's, it is difficult. Um, yeah, I think whoever gets him, mainly probably because expectations are going to be high, as you said, and maybe he's just a little bit more limited than that. But if you get if the I, right price... If I was picking up a Moroccan midfielder, Unahi, I love... That stock has risen as, as well. 
I love that there seems to be people out there who just are banking on some of these players having a good game beforehand in that they're clearly marking down every time they touch the ball because some of these compilations you can see like seconds after a game. <laughs> some of his through the tournament are ridiculous. If we're saying that Amrabat is like a pure six, Unahi is a flamboyant eight. <laughs> you can put that uh, on a little <laughs> review under his name. He, he was doing everything and he's, Arguably the biggest find in the way that someone like, I, I can't press to know how his stop was before, but the way someone like Arshavin, we remember breaking through mm. at a tournament and his stop was probably higher than Unahi's was. Like He's languishing at the bottom of the French League. He's 22 years old, which is young, but we've usually heard about these players now by the time they're like 17. Yeah. And he's doing everything. He's doing the flicks, he's doing the dribbles, he's doing it with consistency, he's doing his big teams. His passing numbers are ridiculous. The distance he's covering is ridiculous. He's still doing it at both ends of the field. Everything there looked great. I think the performance against Spain, he won the ball back eight times, which if you're going to have that in front of Amrabat is even better. Mm. I think he's one where, well, Angers are already spoken and they said how they want to do a deal in January. Like, well, this stock is where it is. <laughs> I bet they do. So he 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 looks ridiculous. I think Leicester's the team I've seen him be linked with. I think Leicester's probably where he'd be most useful. Potentially, with the midfield problems they've got. Him and Tielemans in front of Ndidi, yeah. maybe. Or if they trust him to be the guy to come in and replace Tielemans, who is going to be off in the summer one way or another. Mm. We'll see. Maybe it's a flash in the pan with the tournament, but the level of team he was doing it against, and it wasn't like he scored one from 40 yards and then that's what we're basing the performance on. We're basing it on, I guess, everything but one highlight play. I thought he was very impressive. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And it took a couple of games for people to recognise that there was someone other than Amrabat in there. And it's, oh, this guy, this guy was actually pretty good as well. Yeah. Gonzalo Ramos. I'd heard his name already, mainly just because of football manager. Are Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool have been accused of buying the wrong player again after the Minamino Haaland fiasco. <laughs> Which is a, a bit of a misleading one, isn't it? But that's what you, I mean, uh, you've seen the tweets, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they've had him hidden there behind Darwin. Darwin's been doing what he's doing. And then at 21 years old, you can bring him in after you've banked 80 million. Not bad going, but the stock arguably... He had one game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say. One game we're basing it off, really, but it's a pretty good game. It was more that he started ahead of Cristiano, wasn't it, than the actual hat-trick? Yeah, and I guess, you know, responding to that, didn't collapse under the weight of it at all, did he? Um, just looked so sharp. Um, and look, we did our Portugal podcast and we talked about him and uh, Leal. Yeah. And I think both of them have come out with enhanced stock, haven't they? 
it was unfortunate if you searched his name a couple of days after the uh, Morocco game. I don't know if any of you had the misfortune of doing that. No, didn't. Why? Okay, yeah. You, unless, um, I mean, unless you want to see a video of him wanking. <laughs> oh, good God. Um, <laughs> Jesus. You know, when you see someone tweet, whatever you do, don't search Gonzalo Ramos. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Sort it out, Elon. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Enzo Fernandez. Now his stock was certainly on the rise beforehand, but what we said through the roof after this one. Yeah, someone's going to spend some silly money on him, aren't they? I'm sure. I think the release clause is about 10 times what they paid for him, which was a 12 million in the summer. United have a chance to pick him up, as did plenty of other teams, and uh, they decided to spend the summer going after uh, Frankie instead. Oh, God. Miserable. Comes off the bench in the first two games, and then they realised, yeah, probably worth starting this guy. And then alongside Alexis McAllister, yeah, yeah, true. Gets the assist in the World Cup final. It's another big W for Brighton's scouting system. Welcome to Chelsea 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone say he's the exact type of player Man United would sign and not know what to do with him. <laughs> yeah, that's spot on, wasn't it? Yeah. He'd only been capped eight times prior to the World Cup. And then he kind of everything they needed in that midfield when you looked at some of the other players in there in terms of his energy, his precision, get stuck in. I guess what you want from a number eight. And he switched between wide left and maybe a slightly more attacking midfielder, but did the nitty gritty in there as well. Did a bit of everything and one of their most important players. I think it was in we were talking about pre-tournament. I think we said that this could be, sounds an odd thing to say, a coming out party for him, just in terms of, he's obviously started his Premier League season really well, but you could end up going from looking like a really good Brighton midfielder to a a leading midfielder, and that's probably what he's done. Yeah, I didn't need to see 1,500 tweets yesterday saying, and now he's going to go back to playing with Lewis Duncan. Yeah, we get the point with it. He's not going to be playing with Messi when he goes back. A lot of these players are going to be going back to playing with shit players. Give, give Lewis Dunk a break. In, in, in terms of stock... Did you know his dad was Scottish? <laughs> are you sure? I actually saw a picture of him for the first time today. Is it only the first time? That's pretty remarkable you've avoided it this long. Yeah, one of the most Scottish-looking blokes <laughs> I've ever seen. Did he grow up in Scotland or Argentina, do we know? I think he grew up in Argentina, didn't he? I think I could be could be wrong. Sounds right. Sure, sure the bullying wasn't one? harsh at all there. <laughs> well, he's got Messi defending him. Not, not a great look for, um, say, either of you. I know Jack tries to distance himself. <laughs> um, McAllister saying that Messi has to defend him because he doesn't like being called Ginger. Let's face it, if you, if you can play the my mate Lionel says stop doing that card, <laughs> it's a pretty useful one. There's another clip where he's talking about meeting Messi for the first time and it's really built up and then it's like, and then I shook his hand and said hello and he shook my hand back and he's just, he's so humble. Great anecdote, Alexis. Thank you for that. Rabio, 
Okay. Fair to put him in this mix? When you consider yeah. the conversations around his potential move to United in August, to him being one of the most important players in a team that reaches the World Cup final, helps that he doesn't get a wage here. And his mum kept quiet. He's separate from his mum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the way we got a picture of um, Dembele's brother, if we could find a picture of his mum at 2-0 down. <laughs> but if anything, the fact that such a big meal was made of Kante and Pogba not being there, as if people hadn't seen Kante and Pogba for the last two years. Uh, I'll, I'll stop you right there. Kante's still, oh. Kante's still got it. He just can't stay fit. Yeah, so for the last two years, (laughs) what we've been seeing, his legs have gone, which if there's a player whose legs you probably can't afford to have go. Yes, yes. It's his entire game, isn't it? Rabiot was was very good. Um, Goal in there as well. So probably similar in the way to what I said about Kane, just about the conversations you heard about them pre-tournament and Rabio. <laughs> I didn't hear a positive word said about him. Yeah, there's a weird overlap, wasn't there, from this guy's got a bad attitude to this guy's got a bad attitude and he's shit. Whereas he's actually quite good. They say the issue of what we've just said with McAllister is every coach he's ever had acknowledges how good he is, but only really Allegri seems to know how to actually use him. Mm. And here, he was really utilised in a number of positions. Like when they played us, he was used to cover in the space that Mbappe was leaving behind and to stop us just bombing down that side. I, said, I was and impressed by like the more sort of disciplined side to his role. Obviously, I knew he was good on the ball or whatever, but that was impressive. Well, some of the players with attitudes like that, you just need the right manager and then yeah. they will run through walls for you. And it's maybe when we say about Southgate managing this group of players. I want to see him with that, that French group because <laughs> two players alone, he's had to deal with Rabiot and Guendouzi. Yeah. Deschamps got like that. Um, and this is going to seem massively disrespectful to him. I'm about to mention probably, but he's kind of got like a small version of like the Ancelotti thing. Where sort of like, you don't necessarily know how much like of a tactical genius is or anything like that, but he just seems to know how to, like manage players and get the best out of them and get a group going. That can't be easy we, with a French team. We've had some bad calls on this podcast. Not many by me, I don't think. <laughs> but if we go back to pre-tournament 2018, we were having a conversation about, yes, this French team is good, but somehow Deschamps is going to find a way to ruin it. But that's what I mean. Where like, I think in a weird way, people still probably don't fully, maybe they do now, but Ancelotti kind of felt like he was kind of overlooked for the, the, the top managers. And even with Deschamps now, I bet you could find a collection of people online who would be like, I don't think Deschamps is any good. Well, he was being rumoured to take the interim post where Rangnick came in. Mm. And United fans were turning their nose up at it for a guy for a six-month period. I legit could see him go to Chelsea at some point, you know. I could see it. Oh, he's played for us, didn't he? That's it. There's something, There's just something to it. I follow a... Um, Frenchman that does an Arsenal podcast I listen to and he tweeted today that it's collectively like the biggest humble pie that the country has just been more than happy 
to stomach for the last two tournaments in Deschamps because he said even coming into this one after winning the World Cup they're still going we might need to get rid of this guy we've got Zidane there <laughs> that's 100% what we would do with Southgate if he wants but I'm still not sure about this guy I'm not sure about him at all <laughs> might want Zidane let's get Zidane in actually for the next tournament see how that goes Livakovic another one who's mm. if you weren't sold his name's just escaped my head now. Portuguese keeper. Um, Diogo Costa. There you go. Has Ramos stuck in my head again. If, if you weren't sold on him, how comfortable would you be if your team invested in Lovakovic? His stock has risen, hasn't it, in terms of it wasn't, he wasn't really being spoken about too much coming in. So by automatically, that was... I, it's a common be, theme here. United took Dubravka over him this summer. Oof, blimey. For under five million, that is, yeah, that's poor. But is Lovakovic? Is he? I'm being overly critical, saying that he's a, a really good shot stopper. Did we see the rest of his game that much? I don't know if I'm being overly critical there. He seems closer to a closer to a De Gea type. I was going to say that a Ramsdale type, <laughs> uh, just in terms of like if you go with someone with their feet, then so you can say Allison whoever you want. Edison. Um, yeah, there you go. It is fantastic that Ramsdale is your point of reference, clearly. <laughs> well, I think Arsenal is just usually my, my, my base point. Um, yeah, Livakovic seems very much steering that way. He's probably slightly better, but that Croatia team is also isn't asking you to do as much of that type of football. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the, the, point, club level. the point I was making with that is like, uh, can you get too hot on a keeper like that? We say like, um, otherwise we'd be all in on a Choa, wouldn't we? A Mexico would be going, wow, this guy's got to be. Yeah. Anyone that plays football manager will be incredibly biased when it comes to Lovakovic because he's been the most consistent, easy purchase <laughs> with a high ceiling for about five years. So it's, uh, I'm not the best man to... Going. But the only real mistake he made was the foul on Julian Alvarez in the semi-final that I mean Gary Neville claimed wasn't a penalty <laughs> yeah. to add to the shite tournament he had. All three pundits that they did. Outrageous. Yeah. Ian Wright, as much as uh, I love him very much, can be swayed by if two were going one way, I, I don't often see him going the other. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, he had a, he had a great tournament, I think, Lovakovic. Um, They'll probably be looking, even if they double it. Are there many better keepers you're going to get out there for under 20 million? No, that's true. And so, uh, again, if we were going to go back to them, if I'm Leicester, <laughs> get Danny Ward the hell out of there. Uh, you can do far worse than him. Yeah, and definitely. we see the Premier League is where everyone wants to be. If you're not going to PSG, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and I'd, I'd put any top six team as an appeal over Bayern Munich. Maybe I'm being bold there. Certainly a top four team over them. Then we're very much the ticket, and that's why you see some of these players like Yo Felix should not be getting linked to Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> but the money's there. So <laughs> Livakovic, I think, will probably get that Premier League move in. 
Would you consider him a step up from Nick Pope? If Eddie Howe woke up tomorrow and was like, you know what, I want something a bit more. If, I don't know how significantly a step up. I think he's probably maybe a little bit better, but I don't know how much better. Um, You questioned my Ramsdale chat a moment ago. I've got Matt Turner on this list. <laughs> Matt freaking Turner. I genuinely think his stock... Yeah, I think probably has. Even if it's only within Arsenal fans. <laughs> yeah, true. Has sought. Like, any American enter in the league is joked about. Nobody really outside Pulisic was being looked at in this team. I thought even his distribution looked great. You could see that that's improved on. His shot stopping that we bought him for looked great. He looks authoritative. I think he's one of the players there. Well, he was voted the player of the tournament in the media over in America. And I I could put um, Eunice Musa in the same conversation, by the way, if we were looking at players from that team that made a name for themselves. I don't think they regret the fact that they left Zach Steffen behind. I think in terms of the Premier League, I think if it was to happen that Ramsdale got injured and he had to step in for a couple of games, I don't think there would be as much panic as there's been previously. I don't want that to happen. But I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I think his stock's gone up. I think Ziyech is probably one of the most the, the stock's risen. None of us are investing in that stock. We know it's going back down. Well, th- this yeah. is, That's a volatile <laughs> stock. Yeah. I can't trust it. This, this is exactly it. Like his stock has probably been the highest it's been since that video came out of his palace for Ajax. <laughs> the big short too is just everyone investing in Z yeah. <laughs> and then the Premier League starts again. <laughs> I'm running around like Steve Carell <laughs> in an absolute world Where he's going, I don't understand why no one else is seeing what I'm seeing. <laughs> Harry Mag- Harry Maguire, when we consider where it was, yeah, has his yeah. gone up or did it immediately plummet again like you said with Ziyech as soon as we went out, is it? If Harry Maguire uh, could get the right transfer, he could probably salvage his career. But I don't think you'd back that that's going to happen. I'm telling you, three at the back with Conte at Spurs, he balls. I don't hate the suggestion. I don't hate it at all. And I said this a year ago as well. So I'm not even just fresh on that. Would you call yourself Maguire Stan? I'd say you've really gone out to bat for the guy. Um, main. I've got such an issue with Varane and little Sandro <laughs> that they've really pushed me in that direction. And a moment for Varane, by the way, because the quit from him when he thought the game wasn't going his way yesterday. I knew you called I that knew he quit. had that in him anyway. But Jesus, that bloke spews it that was, every single time. That was just running himself into the ground, Luke. Didn't you hear the commentators? Just, if we kept the camera on, I bet he'd have cried as well. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that from Gabby Jesus crying, did you? You didn't. He knows he's got God with him. <laughs> now, Josko Gvardiol, centre-back from Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> showed he can do just about everything you want for a modern centre-half and was only really shown to be lacking when he was mugged by Messi, which has happened to far better players. Now, 
Chelsea bid 90 million euros for him at the end of the window in summer, but couldn't get the deal over the line. And that was even allowing them to keep him for a further season. Good heavens. That fee is going to be a disgrace. Oh, God. Yeah. Who's going to do it? Like, I mean, we've just. Whenever you see Real Madrid links, you can just take it with a pinch of salt. But PSG were in the market for um, oh, Screenier in the summer and they couldn't get it done. I think they're all but ready to chuck in the towel on Sergio Ramos. They were willing to sell Kimpembe in the summer. Like maybe this is a guy they look at again. But then he has come out and said, look, I'm flattered by the Chelsea links. Who who knows? Man City were they've got a kanji now, you wouldn't put it past them. Every so oh. often they like to flex a little bit. Yeah. And we were looking for a left centre half, so you know, maybe we go big. Um, I wish some Chelsea fan accounts had had Kovacic getting in his ears. Like, look, he, he's been in every picture with us. <laughs> I'd put Liverpool in the mix, but I think that money's uh, set aside for Bellingham. That's the kitty. I think Chelsea go big for him. I think our best defender is Thiago Silva, and he, I, we, no one knows how long we can keep up this charade of being a 25-year-old up. We, we, I'm convinced that one day it will just turn up and it will just turn to dust on the pitch like the... His, his, like, Avengers. Yeah, it, just kind of, it, the PTSD I got, Jack, seeing the clip of Fafana and Abamyang in the Chelsea dressing room. You've got a rough year ahead of you. Just to tell you that now, if as if you didn't know what already. What have they done? It's just the shite stories, <laughs> nonsense going on. Like what? just like squealing each other's outfits. <laughs> it, it's it's not a serious dressing room you've got there. No. And Aubameyang is the least stylish celebrity I've maybe ever seen. Remember those those uh, outfits that Billie Eilish would wear that would go viral every so often and she'd be wearing like fluorescent green trousers that are like nine sizes too big. Aubameyang is somehow worse than that. <laughs> he still wears coats that have like spikes on the shoulders he was wearing in this clip a green fluffy blazer with a different green shade of like jeans (laughs) with some like brown I don't know what make the shoes were yeah it's if you in Big Daddy where he says yeah oh you can dress however you want and he lets him just get whatever random things <laughs> and match them together. That is how Aubameyang gets dressed. <laughs> and that translates through. And, and that's why French... it's going to be a disaster for him. Well, I, I would see this with Lacazette and Guendouzi. And I don't know how many French speakers you've got there at Chelsea. Plenty. Ooh, that's a good question. Not many now, I don't think. Kante, Fafana, Aubameyang. Kulabali. Ultimately, yeah. if you... Mendy. Do they speak French in Senegal? If That's what uh, Sadio the, speaks. So I just, I've gone on that. Must be then, yeah. If you were to take the kind of attitude and if you put Azpilicueta on one side of the dressing room and you put Aubameyang on the other, <laughs> I don't even need you to say it out loud. <laughs> if you asked every member of that Chelsea squad to go and stand next to Aubameyang or Azpilicueta, the answer there should maybe worry you. Yeah. 
But it's going to be brilliant for us to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Luckily, Graham Potter's definitely the guy to manage that sort of thing. He's <laughs> definitely got that in the locker. I love that we've been so shook by Aubameyang and then um, Brozier being injured. We've gone out and bought someone <laughs> got bought for Fana, haven't we? Yes, <laughs> from uh, Ollie's old stomping ground. Yeah, and... Um, and then got the Nkuku deal over the line as well. It's like, no, we're not yeah. putting up with this. Another player who doesn't know what position he is. Perfect for us. You're going to play two false nines, <laughs> him and Havertz up top. <laughs> Any other players to chuck into Stocks Rising before I take everyone's team of the tournament? No, let's go. Do you want my team of the tournament? Go for it. Goalkeeper, Emmy Martinez. Yep. Livakovic can count himself unlucky to miss out, but Martinez, the big moments, right through to him, him accepting the uh, golden glove. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. And thrusting himself through it on stage um, with the bloke it's looking over his shoulder it. in that one picture. <laughs> Within about a minute of that, I saw Maya Jammer had changed her Instagram profile picture to that and put on a story saying, this is my guy. So there you go. Left back, I'd probably cheat here and have Gvardiol. That's, that is, that's that feels grubby. That feels grubby. That's not allowed. <laughs> well, he plays both positions and outside of Masrawi, who got injured before the quarterfinal, it's a hard pick. You've cheated. Centre-back, all right. Centre-back, Otamendi. Main man at the back for the Argies. You can keep your Romeros and your little Sandros. Outside of his mistake in the final, which they ultimately survived, he was their guy. Consistent through the tough games, kept his head, lifted the trophy at the end. Romain Soyce. Mm. Different man to the one we saw at Wolves. <laughs> the main man for Morocco. Clean sheets against Croatia, Belgium, Spain and Portugal. Unfortunately got injured for the semi-final. Hakimi at right back, partly just for that winning penalty against Spain, but also probably the most consistent defender on that flank in the tournament, attacking-wise as well. No one did a better job than him. Amrabat, defensive midfield, we've said that already. Um, The driving force of their team, never stopped running. And he had that one tackle on Mbappe, which probably earned him that spot alone. Central midfield, Griezmann, brilliant right the way up until the final. If we were ever going to use the meme, I owe you an apology. I was not familiar with your game. Did not think he had this in him as a central as midfield player. As you got player. kicked was at the end of the stock rising bit just now. Um, I was going to put, strangely, Griezmann's stock is probably up there with not quite as high as it's ever been, but higher than it's been in a long time. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he dunked all over us in the quarterfinal. He's clearly found a way to extend his career. Uh, fair play to him. Um, tough one for the other central midfield role. I went McAllister. Mm. Defensive awareness, movement, weight of pass, consistency. One of the best players in the tournament. Just about took it over Modric for me. Didn't think Bellingham did enough um, to make that. Right winger, Bukayo Saka. Three. Best right winger in the tournament after the GOAT and he's been moved out of position for this man for me. Three goals, 
batted Hernandez to win a penalty and then was questionably removed, made the World Cup 11s of just about every country's media other than ours, <laughs> which am I surprised that Gary Neville isn't selecting him? Doesn't have a single England player, actually. He's in the L'Equipe team in the tournament. He's in Brazilian media's team in the tournament, Spanish, Germany, all of those. Uh, gets more respect overseas. Mbappe on the left wing, Messi up top. I don't see how you could possibly have a different team, Jack, but uh, <laughs> I'll hear yours. I mean, it's fairly similar. So I've gone for Martinez in goal. That penalty shootout is just an absolute penalty shootout monster. I'd hate to come up against him. I got nervous for <laughs> France, um, which they just... It, I just saw him dance around on that line. The presence, just brilliant. Similar defence to yours, Gradiol, um <clears throat> and size central defence, Takimi and Teo Hernandez I got on the left left back, France. I thought he did a good job, other than absolutely just smash into Mason Mount for no reason. Or was that his brother? I can't remember. No, was- no you got the right man. Yeah. Hernandez, yeah, Lucas was injured, and then midfield. I did go for Bellingham with Ramrabat, personally. Uh, a Ramrabat, I did. Jesus, yeah. I did. I had him as a holder. I thought for nineteen <sighs> to command the midfield the way he did in the games that he played, and how well he kind of pulled us forward against France, even though it just ultimately wasn't enough at the end. I thought that was that was that. Um, I went for Unani in, to the right of midfield. And then I went for Fernandez from yep. uh, Argentina, the left side of midfield for me. And then front three, Griezmann, Messi, Mbappe. I didn't put Saka in, but it was it was close. I mean, Saka was going to... It was Saka or Messi for my, in my <laughs> equations. I can't I, believe the choice you made. Like, yeah, I Seems a no-brainer. I kind of had, had to go for the guy who won the tournament and the golden best player whatever it was so and got who got dressed up as Harry Potter for the most iconic moment in football history I don't want him to disrespect you TK but I think Jack's bouncing but I'll hear your team in the tournament I'll wait for TK's team in the tournament and I'll bounce after okay fun. yeah yeah Martin has had to be he genuinely makes a difference in shootouts I think it's rare for a keeper that is able to actually do that but he is uh, Hakimi seems an obvious choice right back Vardiol I actually think the next the centre back role is like vacant. I don't really know who to put in here. I think Varane was fine for France. I actually think both the Brazilian lads were some Thiago Silva and Marquinhos. I actually think had good tournaments. Um it's just obviously presented up disappointing. I put Sace there. Feels like a bit of a coward's move, but I did. Speaking of coward's move, I have put an actual left back here, although that's a it's a brutal choice, isn't it? Like Teo Hernandez, is he was he actually any good? I think he was okay. But I felt like him and Kunde could both have been got out from France. You're not going to like this. I I don't really like that I've put it. I've got Daily Blind in it. Kunde was... Oh. I actually thought in each of the games he played, I don't he hate surprised it. me at how he's actually quite good still. That surprised me. Uh, obviously, in advancing years and what, a couple of years with a pacemaker has he got? Not bad going. Yeah, yeah. Um... Amrabat and Griezmann were a given. I was in a choice between Modric and Bellingham and I fell with Modric. I thought, heart says Bellingham, but I think head says Modric. He's ridiculous. And I think 
probably I don't really see a way in which Croatia get that result against Brazil without Modric. Um, and in the front, Messi, Mbappe, and I've got Giroud. I actually think he yeah. had a really good tournament yeah. um, and had a, seems an odd thing to say about him, but a reminder that he isn't just like a Heskey to Mbappe's Owen. He actually is a good player in his own right. So no Saka? No Saka, yeah. It's tricky. It basically fell between Saka or Giroud and just, they just had that extra couple of games. It's unfortunate. That's fine. This just... Glad no one drunk the Kool-Aid on uh, Cody Gakpo. That Kool-Aid has been left on the table. <laughs> mm. All right. I think we've covered a fair amount there and we'll be having another podcast that will be out well tomorrow night or by Wednesday. So uh, we'll be doing more there. There'll be plenty of content up on everyone's feed. So thank you for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. I'll put this on the record now. The next uh, the Premier League returns on Boxing Day. Um, I'm assuming we're not going to be doing a podcast on Boxing Day, but anyone that wants to do one in the days that follow, your man here will be available. So uh, if anything if anything does end up on the feed, we're coming around yours for Boxing Day, didn't you? No, yes, sir. Someone's join me. <laughs> you don't know my plans. I would. Uh, <laughs> that would be fine with me if, uh, <laughs> if everyone wants to show up. So uh, thanks again for listening. Tune in 3MP FM tomorrow slash Wednesday. We'll be back. Enjoy your Christmas. Adios. <laughs>